Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's voiced in this show, Money 411, are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through KPP Advisory Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. KPP Advisory Services, LLC, and Kentucky Planning Partners are separate entities from LPL Financial. This is Money 411. Directory assistance. Well, good evening and welcome to Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, straight up, Talk Radio 1080 WKJK. It is time for Money 411 with your hosts, Wayne and Sarah Porter. I'm Scott Fitzgerald. And if you'd like to get in touch with Wayne and Sarah Porter, they are with Kentucky Planning Partners right here in Louisville on the corner of Shelbyville Road and Hurstburn Lane. Very easy to locate. It's called the Flash Cube Building. And if you'd like to get in touch with either Wayne or Sarah, very simple. Sarah's number is 594-6415. Wayne's number is 802-8201. That said, let's throw it to our host now. Good evening, Wayne. Good evening, Sarah. Hey, good evening. Uh, Good evening, Scott. It's turned out to be a well. Yeah, it's turned out to be a beautiful night out there for as warm as it's been the last few days. The evenings certainly are cooperating. Well, you know what? And so are the markets. So is all the duress we've had. I talked to a friend in New Orleans today, and they're going to have their uh, Halloween uh, parade, which is as big as Mardi Gras. I didn't know that, but it's going to be October 23rd. And um, they said one thing, all the crazy drunks from Texas come in, (laughs) and there'll be some fights over masks. (laughs) And you know what I say to hell with it? If you can't wear a damn little piece of cotton... To make mm. people happy. To mm. hell with you. Right. And you know, leading into that, who am I and where do I live? I ain't telling you that. <laughs> I'm Wayne Porter with Kentucky Planning Partners. And I am a certified financial planner. I've got 40 years of experience serving in a fiduciary capacity and guiding people away from silliness. Wear your mask. We guide you to save well, invest well, and distribute well. How do we do that? Well, it's a customized plan. We say let your financial plan drive your investment plan. You're in various stages of preparing for retirement or you're already retired. When you ask us the question, am I going to be okay, we help you answer with a resounding yes. Now, it might be painful with some tweaks and all that, but actually it's not. We're watching your money every day, and we're comparing your progress to your goals. That's so you can go out and live your lives in confidence. Finally, we help you plan your estate so your loved ones are cared for as you wish. If you'd like to speak to us about your retirement, about your portfolio, about maybe your concern, are you taking too much risk, Scott will tell you how to get to us. Well, tonight's agenda, 
we're going to cover money in the news, a summary of the current financial situation. What the what? We're so fortunate tonight to have Dr. Charles Pemberton of Dimension Family Therapy with us tonight. He truly is a rock star. For the last few weeks, we've been discussing an important part of financial planning, and that is planning for the end of your life. You know, this is not a topic that many of us want to face, but it is necessary. I mean, after all, look look outside. The squirrels are gathering nuts for the winter. The grasshoppers are partying, boogalooing, eating jelly beans, drinking Fall City beer. We won't see many uh, grasshoppers in the wintertime. Well, so far as we've discussed, Medicare, long-term care, Medicaid, and the legal issues we face at the end of life. You know, it's emotional. When we're young, I mean, you look at old people and you're like, I'm never going to be old, right? Then you get 30, 40, you have kids, you're a grandparent, and it stares you in the face. And then you might get religion, right? (laughs) And um, it happens. So whether you do it or you don't, you're going to die. You're going to get old. And if you have money in old age, it's a hell of a lot better we see with our clients than if they don't. Well, I'm joined by Sarah Porter. Well, thank you, Wayne. And I just want to say, you know, Dr. Pemberton is going to discuss with us how to handle all those emotions uh, around aging effectively. Um, I joined a practice last year, Wayne, and I am an investment advisor representative serving in a fiduciary capacity as well. And I spent most of the last 30 years working in banks. But before we get to the show, let's share a tip to help you improve your financial planning. Well, the reason why we're here on the show and in our practice is to help you be confident and successful in your retirement. It's as simple as that. The whole point of planning for retirement is to make sure your money doesn't run out before you do. There are no bells or whistles. No free steak dinner. Or rubber chicken. No true to good to be true. Just preparing now for what can be a great time in your life. Well, tonight's tip, we've discussed this one before. And it's so important. And in honor of financial planning awareness among, we're gonna we're gonna say it again. Review your beneficiaries. You know, Wayne, this is a great tip, and it's a great tip to follow annually. Just like our last week's tip where we talked about calculating your net worth and then doing that annually, because, you know, things change in our lives, marriage, divorce, death, new babies, adoption, the list can go on and on. In the last month alone, you and I noticed that one of our prospects still had her parents listed as beneficiaries for her retirement account, despite the fact that she was now married with children. You bet. And when we look at all this, and, and we can just say that some of our clients and prospects are proactive and make changes to their financial, <coughs> pardon me, <clears throat> I was eating a payday bar. I love that with caramel, with peanuts, <laughs> but watch out for the peanuts. Often, changes are so consuming on their own. The thought of adjusting and addressing beneficiaries is not top of your mind. But failure to do so can result in a potential 
catastrophe. <laughs> that do for your heirs. An annual review can help you keep everything current. We discuss lifestyle and life event changes and our clients annually to help her remember. Sarah? Well, well we got making the news. So the September jobs report came out. From the Department of Labor, 194,000 jobs were added last month. Now, in normal times, that would be pretty good, but these these are not normal times, so it's really mixed news. So the good part about it, the Labor Department revised up its hiring estimate for July and August by a combined 169,000 jobs, and the unemployment rate dropped to 4.8% in September from 5.2% in August. Well, and I will advise you all, inclusive of that, don't eat a darn payday when you're trying to talk. I like that cheese I had a couple weeks ago, Scott. Yes. Went down a lot easier. Yeah, I was going to say, sounds like it went down but a little bit easier. A little bit easier. Here's the deal. The number of people who reported that they were employed jumped by 526,000 last month. That's huge. And those who reported being jobless fell by 710,000. September's overall hiring was pulled down by the loss of jobs. Now, get this, at local public schools. I think we ought to go into administration at JCPS and call about 50% of them and then give teacher raises. That drop, though, however, was reflected the way the labor department reported um, the numbers. So, you know, the department adjusts the numbers to account for seasonal fluctuations. Schools are actually hiring just not at the same rate as the models predicted. Now, what's not so good, one reason the unemployment rate slid was that 183,000 people stopped looking for work last month and were no longer counted among the joblessness. Labor availability remains the biggest challenge to hiring right now. Likewise, supply shortages have prevented companies from being able to operate at full strength. You know, it's interesting. The quit rate, and that's the rate at which people quit their jobs, is extraordinarily high right now. And that typically signals that people are not concerned about finding another job. Well, of course not. There are over 10 million job openings in the U.S. right now. And we're going to analyze that a little bit more when we come back from this break. All right. Thank you very much, Sarah. Appreciate that. Again, just a reminder, you're listening to Money 411 with Wayne and Sarah Porter. Are your hosts with Kentucky Planning Partners. They're located in the Flash Cube building right over there at 9300 Shelbyville Road, Suite 1310. And again, the number is very simple. If you'd like to get in touch with Sarah, it is 594-6415, 594-6415. Or if you'd like to get in touch with Wayne, his number is easy too, 802-8201. Take a quick break, get a check on that national CBS News, and we'll jump back into it with Wayne and Sarah Porter, whose special guest later on tonight is Dr. Charles Pemberton. Back after this on Talk Radio 1080 WKJK. I'm Wayne Porter. And I'm Sarah Porter. Join us Tuesday nights at 7 here on WKJK for Money 411. Wayne, people always ask, 
Am I going to be okay in retirement? What we offer is no too good to be true. No free steak dinner. Just news and information you can use to answer with a resounding yes. I'm going to be okay. Money 411, Tuesday at 7 p.m., 1080 Talk Radio. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Where Louisville comes to talk. Talk Radio 1080. CBS News Brief. Gabby Petito died by strangulation, a Wyoming coroner has announced. The grim details come as authorities continue to search for her fiancé, Brian Laundrie, who was traveling with her before her death. Teton County Coroner Dr. Brent Blue. Unfortunately, uh, this is all one of uh, many deaths uh, around the country of people who are involved in domestic violence. It's unfortunate that uh, these other deaths do not get as much coverage as this one. Speaker Nancy Pelosi is hoping for unanimous support today from House Democrats as lawmakers take up the measure to increase the federal debt limit through December 3rd. But she also says this of Republicans. It's sad that Republican obstruction has delayed action for so long, and it's sad that they will not join us for a longer-term suspension. President Biden plans on meeting with the leaders of companies like Walmart and UPS to talk supply chain bottlenecks at ports of entry in the U.S. CBS News Brief. I'm Matt Piper. The USO to go program delivers hundreds of items like DVDs, video games, cold drinks, shaving cream, and shampoo to our troops stationed in remote locations. To donate and find out more, visit us at USO.org. And welcome back to Money 411. Second segment now with Wayne and Sarah Porter, your host. Quickly, their email addresses are Wayne, W H A Y N E dot Porter at LPL.com or Sarah. S-A-R-A dot Porter at LPL dot com. And don't forget, you can listen to Wayne's weekend fireside chat with us Saturday morning at 735 on News Radio 840 WHS. Back to you, Wayne and Sarah. All righty. Thank you, Scott. So we had just broken off the first segment and we were talking about the the number of people who stopped looking for a job. And it's um, really about jobless rates. And Wayne, you and I saw an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal last week about Europe and their jobless rates. It is phenomenal. Now, bear in mind, my nephew, uh, Coleman, plays first violin for the Concerta Brown in Amsterdam, and we enjoyed it with him. So I love, I mean, I love Europe, but here's the deal, though. European jobless rates tend to be much higher than in the U.S., especially for the young. In 2019, labor participation was 62.6% in the U.S. That was versus 49.7% in Italy, 55% in France, 57.7% in Spain, and 59.3% in Portugal, and 61.3% in Germany. You know, in Europe, they take, they start like a two-month holiday. No wonder they don't get anything done relative to our GDP. Well, you know, their participation, labor rate, has contributed to slower growth. So when you hear all these people talk about guaranteed income, it's guaranteed mediocrity. All right? All right. You know what, Wayne? Let's move on to energy prices because they're in the news today, too. And I thought this was because it's pretty interesting. Well, and if you're on fixed income, like an annuity, there you go. From the Wall Street Journal, U.S. crude rose 1.5% to over $80 Monday, closing above 
a barrel for the first time since 2014. You know, energy price shortages are slowing factory activity around the world and contributing to inflation. Interesting facet. When Biden took the inauguration in January, oil was $40 a barrel. Today, it's $80. Go figure. Well, can you believe, Wayno? I'm just going to keep on pulling us up. <laughs> so can you believe we're in the fourth quarter of the year already? That just shocked me this morning when I thought about that. And what it means is it's time to begin reporting third quarter earnings, which should be really interesting with supply disruptions and shortages. It'll be, you know, what happened? How how did the companies fare? Well, things are things are good underneath. And next Tuesday, I'm going to talk about George Friedman and why we're on the cusp of greatness in spite of my malaise short-term, all right? I mean, we've been through hell. We've been through hell. Well, the IMF cut its global forecast, okay, from uh, 2021 to 5.9% from 6% in its July report. I'd say, what a bunch of, I mean, one-tenth of one percent? Why didn't they just shut up? The reduction mostly reflects problems with the global supply chain that caused a mismatch between supply and demand. And we're hearing warnings, you better do your Christmas shopping now. Now, let me let me continue. And what I say next is not a recommendation. We're simply observing the companies who are nimble and able to weather these disruptions are doing very well. For example, Levi's, the jean company, just reported earnings, and they are above expectation. I think it's like $0.10 cents per share above. Well, and they, they, you know, the difference is they take a proactive support to the global supply chain disruptions. Other companies such as Walmart, Home Depot, and Costco they're actually chartering their own cargo chips to try to bypass port delays uh, to stock shelves. They're shipping to less congested uh, ports such as Portland. Interesting. Will Costco, Walmart, and Home Depot set up their own ports and move their employees to dock workers? Oh, God help the unions, right? Well, <laughs> You know, but this is the thing about capitalism that I think is great. And I think a lot of people don't recognize. Under a capitalist society, there's freedom to innovate and solve a problem. Rather than waiting for a centralized bureaucracy to suggest or mandate improvement, capitalists take on the solutions themselves. And I think a lot of people underestimate just how important that is. Now, we know there is a lot of doom and gloom, as you mentioned. Predictions are out there regarding Halloween costumes and Christmas gifts and decorations. You know, I can remember we used to cut up old sheets and go out as ghosts, and we had a blast. I don't know why people have to have expensive costumes. They're like five and six years old, for goodness sakes. And, I, you know, I sound like those people who walk five miles to school uphill both ways. Being 10 feet of snow. <laughs> feels in so many ways, large and small, that this pandemic is just causing us to make a lot of changes. Some we're okay with and some we're not so okay with. Hey, I want to circle back. I made a maybe a disparaging comment about unions. Let me say, unions are A-OK in my book. 
looking at the factors of production, land, labor, capital, entrepreneur, if the capitalist, the factory owner, the rich guy, can utilize a factor of production like labor cheaply, they will. So there's a monochrome. There's a good and take a good and take of it. Now I want to circle back. Why I am optimistic, George Friedman, who we've talked about uh, many times, wrote his book, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna cover some things, and we talk about um, and this is from George Friedman. America was born a revolution, and this fabrication of the results of the people saying we've had enough created dissension, duress, and destruction of the old way of life. Well, what have we been in with COVID, with wars and all? Now, Friedman talks about 80-year cycles, right? Remember that. The United States was invented with unparalleled thought and speed resulting in an amalgamation of differing people, but with a common desire of freedom from the yoke of European dominance of its people. And the transformation of them, which is us, in the creation of a nation that possessed a rare ability to shift rapidly, look at Costco, Walmart, at Home Depot, right, to shift rapidly and transform us from a colony weak and under the yoke of England that became transfixed in the minds of our ancestors. That's why teaching history in school is so important, all right, because you forget your history. Now, we were created into a dominant force in the world stage, the Revolutionary War, and this is where Friedman comes in with 80-year cycles, Revolutionary War in the 1770s. 80 years later, you had all the stuff of slavery and the territories. If a, if a state was admitted to the Union, would they be free or slave? It started. You had the Civil War of the 1860s. Eighty years later, you had World War II, and now COVID, China, Taiwan of the 2020s. You know, you really have to look. And out of each cataclysmic, if you will, um, change or duress that we faced, we reinvented ourselves. Friedman argues that the 20s, the 2020s, maybe beginning in 2024, 2025, will allow us to witness a revolutionary change again. And it will be for the better. And that's where our optimism comes in. True, we've gone through a lot. And as talking with Dr. Pemberton before the show, he said, well, just fatigued. We're just fatigued. You know, it's really hard to deal with. I don't care if it's change you want or change that's imposed upon you. Well, you might take one hit, two hits, like a boxer. One hit to the jaw, two hits to the jaw, that third hit to the jaw. You're on the canvas, okay? And But 
but guess what? Unless you're dead, you get back up, right? Well, one, one interesting thing also is interest rate cycles. And people are saying, oh, inflation is transitory. Interest rates won't go up a lot. But studying history, and this one stays as well in advising clients and on the show, is that interest rate cycles are about every 40 years. We look in 1981 when Paul Volcker strangled our economy to kill inflation. Inflation was 12, 13, 14 Got up to 15 percent at one time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, the prime rate was 21 and a half. And so, what did he do? He took interest rates to the moon to cut inflation, and it worked. It worked. Reagan cut taxes, rewarded people for work. I mean, let's face it. If you work and you make one more dollar, but the government takes 90 cents of that dollar, you're going to say, and this is economics, the marginal utility of working one additional hour is is bull. You're not going to work it if you only get to keep 10 cents. When we reward people, we get productivity. So interest rate cycles. So what, you know, and this is not a pronostication. It's an observation. If interest rate cycles are 40 years, 40 years from 1980, 81, takes us to this year. So it's not unheard of that maybe interest rates are going to rise from almost zero to traditionally and historically interest rates are about two or three points above inflation. And we're still, we're using not 2% inflation when we do wealth vision modeling, but we're now using two and 3% to say what if. Just for grins, we may use 4% inflation over the next 10 years. But guess what? If you're suckered into an annuity that guarantees you 4% income for life, you're not making a dime. Go pay $3 for gasoline. Well, you know, also, in closing, the market today closed at 33378 and technicians and analysts are watching the 34900 mark. If they believe it, and this is not us, this is not a recommendation, but again, they're like a broken clock. They might be right twice a day. They're saying if we broke about 34,900, 34,900 on the Dow, that could start a new uplink. If we broke below 33,000, watch your shekels. We'll be back after these messages with Dr. Charles. All right. Thank you very much, Wayne. Again, you're listening to Money 411 with Wayne and Sarah Porter with Kentucky Planning Partners. Their number, 394-0400. They're located right there on the corner of Shelbyville Road and Hurstburn Lane in what we call the Flash Cube Building. And don't forget, you can catch Wayne every Saturday morning with us with this weekend fireside chat on News Radio 840 WHAS. Back with Wayne and Sarah and Dr. Charles Pemberton coming up after a break for the news here at Talk Radio 1080 WKJK. This is the Kentucky News Network. 
The list of Democrats vying to be the next mayor of Louisville has grown again. Carla Deering, a business executive and West End advocate, is the fifth entrant into the Democratic primary. The 58-year-old is a Michigan native who moved to Louisville after the baking industry took her to New York and London. Deering joins community activist Shamika Parrish-Wright, Reverend Tim Finley, businessman Craig Greenberg, and current Jefferson County Circuit Court Clerk David Nicholson. In the GOP primary, Jefferson Town Mayor Bill Deeruff and Pastor Phil Molestina will face off. One of Metro Corrections leaders who sent an unauthorized email to staff about the conditions at the jail has officially been fired. Major Mike Ashby now suing the city of Louisville and Metro Corrections to get his job back, accusing the Louisville Metro Department of Corrections and Jail Director Dwayne Clark of violating numerous civil rights of inmates. Ashby's email came as the LMDC has been dealing with chronic staffing shortages. I'm Sean Gallagher. This is the Kentucky News Network. I'm Wayne Porter. And I'm Sarah Porter. Join us Tuesday nights at 7 here on WKJK for Money 411. Wayne, people always ask, am I going to be okay in retirement? What we offer is no too good to be true. No free steak dinner. Just news and information you can use to answer with a resounding yes. I'm going to be okay. Money 411, Tuesday at 7 p.m., 1080 Talk Radio. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Thanks for listening to Talk Radio 1080. And welcome back to Money 411 on this Tuesday, October 12th. Hard to believe we are at the midway point of October already. You are listening to Money 411 with Wayne and Sarah Porter. Again, they're with Kentucky Planning Partners. Their number is 3940400. And uh, you can get a hold of Wayne at 802-8201. Sarah's number is 5946415. Now join with a special guest. I'm delighted that we have joining us Dr. Charles Pemberton. He's a licensed professional clinical counselor with over 30 years experience with individuals and families on a variety of topics, say that fast, topics and issues in almost all environments. And boy, we had some environments lately. Um, Tonight he's going to share his insights on the impact of aging and how families can effectively address meeting the needs of aging demands. And here's the thing. We've been talking about Medicare. We've been talking about aging at home. And last week we talked about uh, long-term care and Medicaid. And so what I thought was really important is we talk about what are all the emotions that are around this? Because I think it's fraught with emotions. And so, first of all, Charles, thank you so much for being with us. Well, I'd like to say this segment also is brought to you by defense. All right. (laughs) There's always that note of levity. Um, so anyway, Charles, I know you're so busy right now, but before we get to our topic, I want to ask you a few questions about what's going on right now. Um, it's been challenging. It's been really challenging, and life can be challenging even at the best of times, but this this last two years have arguably not been the best. So first of all, why are we seeing so many stories about people losing their cool? Uh, there's just was one last night about people being inappropriately, uh, or two nights ago, at a, a school board meeting. And um, they're getting violent on planes. They're getting uh, violent in the streets. Uh, why are we seeing that? You know, I, it, it's, thanks for having me. It's Sarah, Wayne, it's great to be here tonight. Um, I, I want to, so why is that? Well, I think first and foremost, people are just wore out. We have been battling this environment now for going on two years. And, and we, we had this idea that, oh, at first, well, this is only going to last, you know, a month. 
And then we had this idea, well, the vaccine will come out and that'll fix it all. Well, the problem was is that because of political overtones, because of all the, you know, the other um, things that people were fed through Facebook and through social media, well, that didn't really give us the result that we wanted. But then we had this, this, oh, over the summer it got better, only to get a lot, lot worse. And I think a lot of us knew it was going to get bad. I wasn't prepared for it to get worse than it was considering we had the vaccine. So I think we had this push and pull for so long, we were wore out, and between the politics of stress, all of the cultural and, and racial overtones, on top of the idea that many people have lost their jobs, many employers can't find workers. So those that do have work are often completely overwhelmed with work. And we are now getting to the point where most of us have lost someone or know someone close who have died of covid all of that stress kind of builds up to what we would consider an acute stress disorder. And one of the things that happens out of that is just this lack of, of patience, this total frustration. So now any little thing sets us off because we, we don't have any more fuel in the tank to deal with stuff. Yeah, yeah, the fuel in my tank is definitely running on evil. Well, sometimes I fill my tank up by accident with diesel fuel. I'll run with that, Wayne. And, and so what ends up happening is people end up doing things that they think fill their tanks but really don't and then can make it worse down the road. And whether we're talking about, you know, substance use and you know, drinking too much or doing things we shouldn't, or for, for your show, spending money on things that maybe they shouldn't. Well, probably should have put that money in savings, but instead I'm going to go waste it on something else, which depending, maybe they, maybe they needed to do that. But if it's something that's very short-lived, it doesn't really give them the bang for their buck. Yeah, yeah I hadn't even thought about that. Uh, Dr. Charles, what are some survival techniques we can implement to help us deal with these challenges? So the, the one that I'm always trying to teach people to do is rely on natural supports. I want people to get away from professional supports. I don't want you to need me. I want you to be able to do this on your own. And we all have natural supports, and they're all very subjective. So it might be, you know, spending time with friends. It might be going for a walk. It might be walking your dog. It might be just taking some time out might be taking long baths. The, the overall picture is learning how to set some natural boundaries. And boundaries aren't these steel walls. Boundaries are these porous membranes that let things in and let things out, depending upon my health, depending upon the health of the people around me. If I can set those boundaries then I can survive you know, this, this situation of all these challenges. But if I don't have good boundaries, then I either let stuff out to people I shouldn't. It, it might be secrets. It might be anger. It might, you know, with my spouse or my kids. But I, worse than that, I let stuff in. So, you know, I always go back to counseling. You know, counseling, I sit and I listen to people all day long talk about their issues if I don't have good boundaries and at the end of each session say, okay, well, that was your stuff and keep it there, if I absorb that, well, 
by the end of the day, I've got nothing left. So I've got to be able to you know, be there for the person, but at the same time realize that's, that's kind of on your fence. That's on your yard. That's not in my space. And I can sit here and talk to you about the stuff in your yard, but I can't let you then put it into my yard because if I've got to go talk to somebody else. And if they try to do the same thing, all of a sudden, all of a sudden my yard's a real mess. And so I've got to keep that up. And that's the biggest issue is how do we set those boundaries? We do that well and we get a good night's sleep we can generally survive those challenges. And we need boundaries for this next part of our conversation. There's a lot of people who are dealing with this current environment, but then they've got the increased challenge of they're vulnerable. You know, they're old, aging in place. They're getting older. And let's face it, your world shrinks as you get older. Um, sometimes it's by choice. Like, I already know Wayne and I are like, ah, I don't want to go to that restaurant the wait so long, the traffic's so bad around it. So it just sometimes it's it's you choose it, but then some of it is not to your choosing. And the, and the thing with this going on with, with aging is children of those who are aging, you know, we want our parents safe. We don't we don't want them vulnerable. Um, and then the parents often they want they don't want to change. They want their life the way it's always been. They want to stay at home. They want to continue to drive, whether that's safe or not. And they want to maintain their independence. So it's really important for children. What do they need to do to begin the conversation with their parents? Because these are their parents, for heaven's sakes. They're not, they're not their partners. They're not their co-equals. These are the people who raised them. So what do they need to do? We start life in a relationship between child to parent. I'm a child and I have my parents. And then as we go through life, we work to ultimately switch that entirely. And I become the parent of my parents, and I kind of force them into the child role. Okay. Any good parent ultimately still fights that climb from child to adult. Mm -hmm. I don't want to give that up because what if my child gets hurt? I don't want to let go of my child walking down the steps because what if they fall? I don't want to give up that responsibility. Now, we do. But then when you go from adult to adult relationship to parent to child, I don't want to give that up even though that I have to. So there's this natural kind of fight along the way. So if we put it in context that when we take over responsibility for our parents, we are making them give that responsibility up. So what we really have to focus on is maybe not the responsibility that we're taking from them, but make sure they know we're not taking any privileges. Okay, how do you do that? How do I take away the car responsibility without taking away the freedom of driving privilege? But I think that as those children have to to look at that, you know, I know with my parents, I have to realize I am asking them to give up not just responsibility, but I'm asking them to give up privilege. My parents aren't seeing the giving up the responsibility. They're so focused on the fact that you're taking away the privilege that I have. 
Mm-hmm. So boiling that down, my dad doesn't see that I'm taking away the fact that he doesn't have to pay for a car or upkeep on a car or pay for gas on a car or any of those things. What he sees is I can't drive anymore. We have to realize that perspective, whether that's a car or taking away a ladder or moving them into an assisted living home, they're going to see it all about loss of privilege. And and I think that gives people a different perspective on what our parents are going through. Yeah. Yeah. It stinks. It just sounds like it, it, it stinks for them. It does. I mean, it really, it really does. And and then on their side, it can be hard for them to ask for that help because for them, help means loss of independence. That's exactly what ends up happening is, is that when I go to help my dad, all of a sudden I am taking over that responsibility and that privilege. He's losing his independence. And that can be a really hard thing for anybody to accept. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, um, it seems like they, yeah, that, that adults, uh, that aging adults, they really resist asking for help. Right. Right. Because the other piece is that once I start, once a parent starts, I'm sorry, let me say that again. Once a parent stops doing something and starts asking for help, the fear is it becomes a snowball effect. Once you take one thing away from me, now you're going to take something else. Now you're going to take something else. You know, it's once I take the ladders away, well, then when are you going to take the car away? Then when are you going to take the, you know, my house away as opposed to making it clear that I'm only doing this piece? So, for example, with I'm fortunate, my parents, they've already I've already signed all the paperwork and things so that if something happens to them, I can step in and help with their finances. Mm -hmm. We did that a long time ago. But that wasn't an easy thing to do at the time because there was the fear of, well, now he has that authority to take everything. Well, luckily, we were able to have that trust that that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But even in a good relationship, that's a tough road to walk down. When there's when there's multiple siblings, when there's not that trust, man. Would, would you want to sign over all of your power and authority to somebody? No, I'm not ready to just sign that line yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about that uh, last week, you know, that here you've got these instruments that will help you. And if you wait too long, then it creates a nightmare. But there is that whole level of trust and, and am I ready to give that up? What about the facet? If you take something away from a parent, i.e. driving, etc., but with that subtraction, you actually add something, you know, i.e. the car is taken away, quote unquote, but yet here's gift certificates for Lyft or Uber. Right. And, and I think that if, if people can afford to do that, that is the, that's perfect. That's exactly what needs to have, needs to happen. You know, it's funny. I was joking around with my kids about that. We were talking about, well, when you all take the car away from me, just make sure you put me on your, your Uber account so that I can go anywhere I want to and you pay for it. If that happens, then it becomes, okay, well, this isn't so bad. But honestly, even then, 
waiting for a lift is a whole lot better than me walking out the door and getting in my car and, and driving whenever I want to. So we there's still that perceived loss. But anytime that we can add something back and focus on that addition should make that a little easier. Yeah, yeah. So how do you create a dialogue when you're diametrically opposed regarding this solution? Wow. Okay. Diametric. Um, okay, so that sounds a whole lot like dogmatic view. And well, when we I have one, <laughs> <laughs> I think I just want to make it all better and let's just do what I want to do. So that that might be what happened. <laughs> okay. And that's exactly what happens. So we get into this all or nothing type of mentality. And one of the things that we look at when we have somebody that is, has that dogmatic viewpoint is, is that really rational thinking? Okay. So if we look back at social media, there's not many people trying to find middle ground. The, the comments that get all of the reaction are on one side or, or the other. If we look at politics, when was the last time that a moderate headlined our newscast. No, what we hear is we hear the extreme left or the extreme right. Those points of view, when we get those in our head, are are irrational. They are not logical ways of thinking. So when when I have a question and you you mean about being diametrically opposed, it becomes, well, wait a minute. Is there middle ground? Is it an all or nothing type of situation? Because if I go into any conversation with, well, look, I'm right and you're wrong, period. That doesn't leave a whole lot of room for negotiation or that means that you win and I lose. I'm not going to play with you if that's how it's going to be. There has to be that room, that margin in the middle. Yeah, so so almost like you find out where you and your parent or your parent and your child agree. Like probably everybody can agree that we want people to be safe and not feel vulnerable and not feel infringed. So if we could get those things discussed and then we thought, then think about, well, how can we do that in a way that keeps other people safe? I mean, part of the reason why you take the car away from your parents is, to keep them safe and to keep other people on the road safe too. Right. So, um, or the parents have a better car than you. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. So, so you're right. You start with that piece of, look, we all want each other to be safe. Yes. Okay. And and the other, then the next step is this is a problem that I see. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't see that problem. Okay. Well, you don't have to see the problem. The question becomes, do you respect the fact that I see that there's a problem? Now, how do we solve that? You know, my dad getting on the ladder to clean out his gutters. I think that's a problem. He says, no, it's not. Okay, well, dad, can you see how I would worry about you doing that? Okay, well, yeah, I could see why you would worry about it. Okay, then what's our next step? If I walk in and be like, that's it, I'm worried about you cleaning the gutters, I'm taking all your ladders, that's not a really good way to negotiate. And what happens is it costs our relationship. Yeah, and no one wants to do that. No one wants to do that. Absolutely. 
So are there things, I mean, I think you kind of answered this, but are there specific things that as a child of an aging parent, you should just not say, like, just don't go there because you're going to create this problem with the relationship? I I don't think that there is anything you absolutely can't talk about. Mm-hmm. I think that it, it, Matt, it comes down to ways to talk about them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not much that as, as I have to take care of my parents, there's not much that I, I can just ignore. Um, I think we, we have to be able to have that conversation. Um, so no, I don't think there's anything that you just avoid. It's all a matter of style and timing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people want to jump into these conversations and have them, okay, let's solve this right now. Okay, I might have to lay it out there and come back in a week and come back a week later. It may take me months to actually get that resolved. We don't live in a society where we want to have to take months to solve a problem. You know, that's why, you know, that's why I don't do a good job of saving for my retirement because that's so far off. I don't have to worry about that now. I want to solve things right this moment. So I think with talking to our parents, it's more of our family, our kids or any of those things. It is that it's about starting that conversation kind of early and having it small and often. And you know, we've talked about it from, from, from children talking to their parents, but if any of our listeners are those parents Jump in and start talking to your kids about it now. Be proactive and be like, look, I want to sit down and talk to you about this. Mm-hmm. Because on the other side, oftentimes kids don't want to talk about that. I, what, 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 we're not talking about you dying yet. You're fine. We're not going to talk about that. No, we're not talking about me dying. We're talking about preparing for the future. So if if the parents are the ones listening, then be proactive and start talking to your kids about it now. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's easier. You just talk a little bit and a little bit. And rather than waiting and having this big, giant conflagration, um, can you tell that maybe I am uh, irrational in my conversation? <laughs> I'm nervous now that you said that. <laughs> well, you know, on the, on the flip side, we call that passionate. So you can always just use the word passionate, and, and that is that gives you an out right there. Okay. Well, <laughs> Thank that, you. <laughs> that leads in, too, as you started the top of the show about the book, I'm Okay, You're Okay. We're working on a uh, take on that, a new new book, and I think it will hit the Amazon list, is I'm really loused up, and so are you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, um, let's, let's – uh, let me just ask you this. Are there resources available for families? And, and I mean, I know that there's resources available for um, financial aid and stuff like that, but resources for families available who are dealing with this problem or this challenge and how they can communicate more effectively around this topic. Yes. So the going back to natural, natural um, supports, I would have people talk to um it could be religious leaders, you know, have them talk to their pastor, their rabbi. Those are great sources. Have them talk to their primary physician, their, their parents, family physician, or, you know, to get ideas. Those are great places to start getting support. Um, a lot of counselors will work on family support and family communication. I mean, I do a lot of work with how to get parents to talk to their children 
And I have done a lot of that lately with adult parents talking to or, or adult, you know, older parents talking to their adult children. They can get support there. They can also nationally, there are two places that you can start looking for additional resources. And one of those is um, the Family Caregiver Alliance. That's a, a great place. Family Caregiver Alliance is one. And then AARP is another one that has sources for those. So nationally, there are those. If it's a crisis, you can always contact the Crisis and Information Center. People think about that. And, and I'll say that if it's a crisis, go there first. But there's also that other piece of information. And oftentimes, don't people don't think of the crisis and information as, oh, they have information. You can just call them and say, hey, where can I get, can you point me in? And they can help you with a lot of those things as well. Okay. All right. Well, um, I just want to thank you so much. Um, I'm hoping that our listeners, um, at, well, I hope they don't recognize themselves. I hope they're not having to deal with this, but they probably are in some way or another. And um, you just gave us great advice and just a really, just an opportunity to relax and just think about it rationally. And um, it's not insurmountable. It's hard work, but it's not insurmountable. It's not. And everybody has been there. Most people will be there at some point. So you're not alone. Um, And and I would say that regardless of, you know, the age of the child or the parent, start talking about that now. Parents that have kids that are in college, start talking about it now. If I start talking to to my kids about that when they're in college, in 20 years, it's just become part of the conversation. You know, hey, I'm painting the room and hey, by the way, we made this change to our finances. Mm -hmm. It's not something new because we've been talking about it for years. Yeah. Yeah. Or as one client did in preparation or preparing their parents for entry to a nursing home, their eye the parents' eyesight was failing. Well, they uh, the child rearranged all the furniture several times. That way the parents knew there had to be a change. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Wayne, for that addition. So anyway, thank you guys. Thank you, Charles, for joining us. Thank you, everybody. And Wayne, we'll see you on Saturday. And we'll be with you next Tuesday. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you all. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Dr. Charles Pemberton. And thank you, Wayne Porter. I'm Scott Fitzgerald. Again, you've been listening to Money 411 with Wayne and Sarah Porter as your hosts. And if you'd like to get in touch with them, they're located right here locally on the corner of Shelbyville Road and Hurstburn Lane in the Flash Cube Building, 3900 Shelbyville Road, Suite 1310. Let me give you their numbers real quick. If you heard something tonight and you want to ask them, maybe a question, maybe a follow-up, you can call Sarah. Her number is 594-6415. Again, 594-6415. Wayne's number, 802-8201. Again, 802-8201. If you didn't get any of that and you're on the road and you maybe want to go find a where you can find it when you get to where you're going, remember this website. It's real simple. Money411.info. Again, money411.info. And if you'd like to talk to Dr. Charles Pemberton, very easy. LouisvilleDFT.com. For Wayne and Sarah Porter, I'm Scott Fitzgerald. For Dr. Charles Pemberton, thank you for listening. And again, don't forget, you can catch Wayne Porter with us Saturday morning, 735 at News Radio 840 WHS for his weekend fireside chat. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you next time on Money 411. I try to shut my
Wayne Porter is an investment advisor representative with KPP Advisory Services, LLC, and a registered representative with LPL. I'm Wayne Porter. And I'm Sarah Porter. Join us Tuesday nights at 7 here on WKJK for Money 411. Wayne, people always ask, am I going to be okay in retirement? What we offer is no... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.